Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A A podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at at First first Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the best of the Jason Smith Show on Fox Sports Radio. Tonight, we were treated to Thursday Night Football. Hooray! Hooray! Yay! The Ravens beat the Dolphins tonight 40 to nothing. No, not 14. Not, two, not three. Not four. 40. Not five, 40. Not six, not seven. 40. And when I say that, I really believe it. 40 to nothing. This is a Ravens team that lost the Jaguars 44 7. The same Jaguars the Jets beat. And oh, by the way, it brings me back, Edith, to my initial point was I am I am now even more embarrassed for the Jets and it. Getting embarrassed for the Jets, you'd think I'd hit rock bottom. No, no, no. They're still no, no, no. Forget about the Jets for I a am moment. So embarrassed. This is a team that came back from seventeen down to beat the one of the NFC favorites, the Atlanta Falcons. There's a night football fever. Catch it. Four days ago, Matt Moore looked was unstoppable. Oh, coming off the bench after no snaps, 190 yards, two touchdowns in the He's fourth quarter. I'm just going to throw to anybody. Buster Screen is covering, and I'm going to score touchdowns. Tonight, he was absolutely awful through two pick sixes. I cannot believe. I'm more embarrassed for the Jets than I've been all season that the Dolphins lose tonight like this, 40 to nothing when they beat them four days ago. 
and came from behind from 14 down twice to do it. Well, and they hit the over by themselves. Did the Ravens 38 or 38 in the hook, depending on when you got in. 40 to nothing your final. Matt Moore at times looked like he was just trying to shot put the ball forward. The C.J. Mosley interception was a gift if there ever was one. 63 yards returned for the touchdown. You saw receivers running routes, and, and then after making a catch, giving up their first down yardage. Jay Ajayi at one point, go back to the box score. He had a 21-yard run. Very early in the game. Finished with 13 carries, 23 yards. That means he didn't fall forward the other 12 times. He's almost six feet tall. Come on. What do you think JHI fantasy owners are at like right now? They're like, I, I'm stuck. I got four I, points for my receptions. I can't bench him and I can't trade no, him. No, that's right. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Truly a kick in the teeth uh, and a lackluster effort. Adam Gase should have thrown in the damn towel. Uh, he did. <laughs> It's very early in this one. You didn't see him? Well, they should have walked off. It's Nobody called Matt Moore. He did. <laughs> hey, we beat the Jets. Look, we're just lucky we got that one under our belt. 176, two interceptions for Matt Moore and a lot of disinterest. He was 176 in the bleeping fourth quarter against the Jets. Uh, you know what? Let's just get to what this game R-E-L-A-X. is really all about. R-E-L-A-X. The Ravens win this game despite losing quarterback Joe Flacco to a concussion early in this one, and this is the play that's got everybody talking. Flacco rolling, rolling, and running, and he's going to have to, oh, not the ball comes out, helmets off. It was Kiko Alonso who delivered the blow. Flacco's on his feet. And Harbaugh's yelling at Alonso right now. He's in Alonso's face. Is livid. You just lost your quarterback for the game, and Harbaugh knows that. This is a watch this. Joe with a good run slides. Oh. Bends his head. Helmet comes jarringly off. And it's definitely a penalty as the quarterback gives himself up and he leans that arm in there. That's that's not okay. Well, look, he knows he's going down, and at the end right there, he leans it down. Alonzo, way too aggressive. Quarterback's giving himself up. You need to at least show restraint at the end of that. Tony Romo, Jim Nance on CBS with the call. So the quarterback upset with the call on the quarterback. And many people on social media trying to defend Kiko Alonzo on this hit. Alonzo was not thrown out of the game. He was given a 15-yard penalty. Wasn't ejected. Should have got ejected. He should have got ejected. Should have been ejected. Just, just got ejected. Well, he got penalized, and he'll probably see a pink slip in these. Oh, he's getting ejected. Wow, the FedEx. Oh, oh, oh it'll the, come the, in the. Doesn't it come with a pink slip? Oh, uh, maybe it does. Okay. I I'm mean, not going to get fired. No, that's here's a... your notice of fine. Got ejected. Got ejected. Just got ejected. Avada Kedavra. Avada Kedavra. Avada ejected. Just got ejected. I could just do that all night. Just really. Please don't. All right. <laughs> Ejected. Hey, tie shirt. Don't encourage it. So here's the thing. Number one, and again, 
something I said when it happened, and then to see people take it and run with it on Twitter, congratulations. I hope they're all dead. Oh, I did not say that. Bobby Allegedly. Knight just gets you us did. in you trouble. S- you sent, did not say that. You sent those signals to Teicher to hit that button. If that was Tom Brady that got hit that way, there would have been six flags thrown at once. The officials would have gotten involved. They would have had to come. Bill Belichick down on the sidelines. They would have thrown Kiko Alonso out right away. They did not. Kiko Alonso, if you want to try to defend him and say he couldn't stop, he had all the momentum going forward. That's true. He did. And I'm not saying he could have stopped. But what Kiko Alonso did, and this is for everybody who wants to defend Kiko Alonso, and that's guys like Brady Papinga who are going trying to defend a, for, a, a another linebacker on my timeline and all throughout social media. He could have just kept running. He could have kept running. Didn't have to stop. Could have kept running. But when Joe Flacco goes to slide, Kiko Alonso goes low to meet him and leads with his forearm into his head. Number one, that's targeting. Number two, that's targeting. Number three, it's a player who has given himself up. You are protecting quarterbacks. The hit was not unavoidable. These are all words that are in the descriptions of these penalties and what happens when guys should be ejected. That was un- that hit was avoidable. It was not unavoidable. If there was nothing, Alonzo could have pulled up. He could have just gone in, but he went in and leaned in. Not only did he go in and he lowered himself, but he leaned in to hit Flacco, knocked his helmet off, and it was bad. And Flacco's got his hand up going, hey, I don't know where I am right now, but I need help right now. Someone's got to come help me. It was awful. Alonzo at least needs a two-game suspension. Why they didn't throw him out, this is what the NFL fails with. Because for all of their talk about how tough they are and they want to be for player safety, they're really not. Because hits like this are not adjudicated the way they should. Guys will take it. To, for, a, for a defensive player to say, I'll play the way I play, oh, I'll get fined a couple times a year, that's great. Because if I don't play the way I play, I'm not drawing a paycheck at all. So I will go out and continue to play like that, and I will risk once or twice a year losing $25,000 out of my million-dollar-plus contract. Oh, I'll figure, I'll, I put fine money aside for that. But the NFL goes halfway on player safety. They talk tough, but when it really comes to player safety, they don't do anything about it. And the players, the players now, they don't care because they think it's not going to happen to them. They think, I'm not going to be debilitated. If I do, that's 20 years from now. What do I care? No, no, no. I'd rather play the way I play and hit illegally and you know deal with the ramifications after because it's not going to happen to me. Players now don't care about player safety. So you can't cry to me and say, oh, people got to be doing more for the players. Everybody's got to get on the same page. The ex-players, things aren't being done for them because the NFL goes halfway and the players now don't care enough to be able to say, hey, listen, these guys in 20 years, that's me in 20 years. And I don't want that to be me. So let, let's figure things out so guys can walk and guys don't have to worry about concussions and, 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 and worry about dementia or anything else when they get older. Well, and that's the hard part is that you've got players, what, the average career being three and a half to four years. They're looking at the cycle through and trying to make sure they protect their own interests and what they've learned and, and going forward. They're not worried about their health 25 years from now. How many people are in all seriousness until you hit a certain age or you have a diagnosis? You're not thinking about the long term. You're worried about getting through your day. Likewise, NFL players, whenever there's a CBA, it's what's best right now for their careers. And and this is was the topic that was brought up with the competition committee in terms of how this rule was supposed to be applied in terms of ejections, even if it's a first offense. We saw it a couple of weeks ago with Danny Trevathan. 
didn't get ejected, ultimately went suspended when he hit Devontae Adams. Same thing is here that Alonzo couldn't have stopped, but according to the rules, you can't hit the quarterback in the head regardless. If he slides late, he slides late. Mm -hmm. You still have to figure out a way to not hit him in the head. So violating that should have been by the interpretation of the rules and ejection. So I have to believe that given the precedence with the Trevathan ruling that a suspension is in the offing. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show weeknights at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Meanwhile, other big news in Major League Baseball. Night off from the World Series. Obviously, we have Game 3 tomorrow night in Houston. But the Yankees have decided, Joe Girardi, we do not want you anymore. The Yankees will be looking for a new manager after deciding to not Bring Girardi back. Girardi getting to the ALCS this year and one win away from the World Series. Apparently the Yankees think that's not good enough. So now Joe Girardi will be gone and the Yankees will look for a replacement. Number one. And his name is John C. <laughs> hey, Aaron Judge. I'm going to fill you with my protein. The green protein. <laughs> what? Uh, number one, we told you this. When... It was 10 days ago on game two of the ALDS when Girardi failed to challenge the ball that hit Lonnie Chisholm's bat, which then turned into a grand slam run from Francisco Lindor, which turned into a Yankee loss. We told you that Joe Girardi was going to be fired, and when it happened, they would cite this play and say this was the worst moment or the point of no return for Joe Girardi. And certainly that's what happened. Everywhere you read today, this Joe Girardi, his, you know, he was kind of done managing the team, and this play, certainly not challenging it, was bad, but also not owning it was just as bad. Not owning it after the press conference and saying, yeah, you know, I don't know what you wanted me to do. He didn't have the information. And then when he saw how bad it was and that he should have challenged it and the reaction, then the next day Joe Girardi said, oh, yeah, I beat myself up all night last night for uh, not challenging it. Wait, wait, wait. When you actually talked to the media about it, you said everything – you just didn't have the information, and what did you expect from everybody? Once you saw the reaction, you realized, oh, I have to take responsibility for it. That was a very bad thing for Joe Girardi. You have to take ownership. Whenever something happens and you lose a game, you lose a big game like that in the playoffs, what does the manager have to do? Take ownership and responsibility and say, okay, you know what? Hit me with the bullets, and I'll be deflecting it from my players. But Joe Girardi didn't want to take responsibility for it. The Yankees were down two zip, and it was like, hey, all of us, we just we just blew this game, and that's what. No, that's when you step up and say, hey, this was on me. I blew it. I should have that. We should have won this game 8-2, to 8-3, and I'm sorry that, that that didn't happen because this was on me. But the fact that he weaseled out of it by saying, we didn't have the information, I don't know what you wanted from me, that was the worst part. And that's where the Yankees, I'm sure they decided, regardless of how this postseason turns out, we are going to go in another direction because they came back and won the series and took them to seven games. Nothing Joe Girardi did in the ALCS stopped them from winning, but still it wasn't enough. Trust me, that was the point where it went over the top of the mountain. They said, no matter what happens, he's out. Ten years, one title, the third playoff manager to be fired and unceremoniously dumped. And you could argue this was actually his best managerial year overall that this team arrived before it should, and they were able to cobble together a pitching staff. They were able to bring these young players along and still finds himself on the outs. But will he end up in Washington? Let's debate that, shall we? The Mets had waited three days. They could have had Joe. No, they didn't. Could have. Now they got a guy named Mickey. 
Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show weeknights at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific. Now, before we do this, let's go over the ground rule. Rule number one, no touching of the hair or face. Audio of A.J. Hinch from the Pasadena Hotel on Tuesday night in which he allegedly got into an altercation with some pretty happy Dodgers fans. The Jason Smith Show. like a woman. Jason, Mike Harmon, great news, great news. There's a quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. We'll have more on Thursday Night Football and the great Joe Flacco, Kiko, Alonzo debate. But the A.J. Hinch story, Astros manager, who today refuted a claim by many baseball sources and TMZ as well, that he got into a bit of a fracas with some Dodger fans at the Pasadena Hotel he and the team were staying at following Game 1 on Tuesday night. According to the sources, some Dodger fans said some things towards some of the wives in the Astros party. Astros didn't take kindly to it. It had to be, quote, broken up. No charges were filed. Nobody was cited. A.J. Hinch says nothing happened, nothing to see here, while all the other sources say, yeah, there was kind of a thing. So... Whatever you think about people telling the truth, A.J. Hinch, Major League Baseball sources, whatever it is, I will tell you this. Number one, it's very difficult to find trouble in Pasadena. Pasadena is a very, I've been to Pasadena many times. Relax. That's the baddest part of town. What are you talking about? <laughs> Colorado Avenue, they have a cheesecake factory, a bunch of nice restaurants. It's really tough to find trouble in Pasadena. I mean, it's that old phrase, little old lady from Pasadena. It's tough to find trouble in the Dina. It is. It's very is tough. The Dina? I call it the Dina. I call it the Dina. What the hell you is that? You won't go in an Dina. Uber, but you'll call it the Dina. I'll call it. I've been to Pasadena. So, a Pam's, the D- calling it the Dina gets the you Dina. punched in the head. No, no, no. I can do it because, because people actually do it. People who live in the Dina call it the Dina. No, they so don't. The, I've yes, never heard that in my life. Absolutely. I've lived here longer than you. Nope, they call it the Dina. Never heard I, that I'll, in I, my I life. I will get people on the phone. The to Dina. Call Go ahead. The Dina. Go ahead. Give them, fro- give them, give them the number to Frostburg. Go. I, actually, the phone number I have, the person to call is someone who was on the air with us about a year ago and cursed on the air. So, we've had a lot of those. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I mean, that wouldn't be new, right? The, the I mean, Ty Shirt, how many people have we dumped this year? Oh, I'm going to put the over at five. And one was Jake Glazer. <laughs> he did so brilliantly. But it is hard. I mean, remember I mean, when we had to dump Eric Dickerson five times in one interview? Oh, yeah. We had a Dickerson a bunch of times and, and Jay a couple of times. Sure. Yeah, America doesn't need to know that, though. We almost had to dump Frostburg uh, last week. Came close. Because he was so happy. No, we did, actually. Did we dump Frostburg? <laughs> but it's tough. The Dina is a very low-key, early town Bars close at like midnight. No, it's 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 a sleepy bedroom community. It's why they pass a little old lady from Pasadena. It's hard to find trouble in the Dina, which is why the Astros are staying there and not downtown at LA Live where Staples Center is. No, they're a little bit off the beaten path. But the, still the Dina. They're <laughs> staying in the Dina. No. They didn't. <laughs> Look, I'll tell you what probably happened is this. Just knowing by both things, by both stories, did anything happen worthy of someone getting arrested? No, because there would be a report and it would have happened. Do I think Astro Dodger fans got a little loud with the Astros in the bar and or to the, said something to 
Astros' wives and A.J. Hinch yelled something back. And they said, all right, let's come on, come on, let's be cool, let's be cool, let's be cool. And everything was cool, and people just want to inflate the story and go, oh, yes, back and forth was fisticuffs, and A.J. Hinch killed a guy with a trident. I firmly believe that there was something, some kind of back and forth verbally, and that it was finished, and now we're moving on. And A.J. Hinch doesn't want people to think there was any controversy because just words or whatever it is going back and forth is not something worth going on and on about. That's yeah, what but I who would told say. him to have the chutzpah to drink all our alcohol in L.A.? Well, He's yeah. not allowed to drink our alcohol after beating the Dodgers and celebrating. No, but this was... Wait till you get back to Houston for that. No, but this no, was this after game one. one. This is at, no, this is after game one. He was, he was yeah. drowning his sorrows. Yeah, this is after now, game one, after losing to Kershaw. Oh, now, well, then, uh, yeah. The, Joel, Joel Sherman from the... <laughs> New York Post and MLB. You can dump it for that. Uh, MLB Network (laughs) Insider. I would have bought him a shot if I'd known that. (laughs) Said, person who spoke to Hinch about TMZ report of bar altercation in L.A. after game one said, quote, no altercation. Rude people at bar cursing and being disrespectful to women in Astro's party. Astro's security called cops because there were also threats after screamers were removed from the bar. Wait, screamers? But they don't curse in the Dina. You just said the Dina. Oh, is this it? Wait, they don't curse in the Dina. Wait, is this what ha- is, is is that Frostberg yelling at AJ Inch and, and and the wives? Oh, I think that's Frostberg. Frostberg. <laughs> he was going after AJ Hinch. There it is. I thought it was Greg Tui. We connected yeah, that, the dots. Tell you what, because honestly, that's about how heated things get in the Dina. People say a couple of things nothing and it's broken happens up. in the Dina. It's the Dina. Because it's not the Dina. They say nothing good happens after midnight. Nothing good happens in the Dina. I mean, nothing bad happens. Is we can Cassidy ask Mark Medina, Medina if you called. want. Yeah, good. Call anybody, yeah, Call Mark Medina or call, is there anybody famous named Dina? Call Dina Meyer, who I was in love with for Starship Troopers. Get her on the phone. Oh. Talk about Dina. The Dina, yo. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show weeknights at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific. There are many starts to the NBA season I have to admit I didn't see coming. I didn't see the Knicks being quite this bad. And they are really worst team in the NBA bad. I mean, I thought at this point I'd be like, all right, they'd be hey. one and two. They'll beat Detroit at home and they'll lose the other two games. No, they can't even beat Detroit at home. It's Hello. pretty frightening thank that you you're for being a Knicks season ticket holder. Thank so go you, back. Joe. This is not about the Knicks. We'll go back to sleep. Two weeks into a season sleep. and they're far worse in terms of the organization than they were under Phil Jackson. Uh, Where you've yeah. got players commenting, yeah. uh, we don't have no idea what's going on. No, they don't work hard at practice. No, Phil. They don't know what plays are being called. They don't know where they're supposed to be. We call this a Brokeback Mountain oh, game Phil. because there's so much penetration and kickouts. Phil, it's still October. Go back to sleep. Uh, that's the one thing that gives you hope. Uh, I, I, I didn't on this, the anniversary of the 2005 World Series champion White Sox as they finish oh, off congratulations, the buddy. Thanks, buddy. I take it with me that we're, we're talking about NBA seasons and people predicting MVPs already based on the week and a half that they've seen. I like it. Uh, but one start I did not see coming was one of two undefeated teams left in the NBA. One are the Spurs. No surprise. The other one are the Los Angeles Clippers. Now, granted, they haven't played the greatest of teams. They've played the Lakers, sorry. Uh, they played the Suns. They played the Jazz. Tonight, though, they had a tough one against the Trailblazers. Blazers are pretty good. They're improved. They're scoring 110 points a game, which is third in the Western Conference. And it looked like the Blazers had them beat. But then the Clippers decided to say, you know what we need to do? We need to give this to Blake Griffin, 
for a three because we can't give it to CP3 anymore because he's not here. So let's give it to Blake Well, they Griffin. wouldn't be giving it to him. He'd be taking it and holding it. Let's give it to Blake Griffin for a three and see what happens. Gallinari inbounds on the near side, across from the Blazer bench, hunting for a white shirt, finds Beverly straight away, four to shoot, right wing over to Griffin. Now he's on the left wing of left-handed dribble, fires a three. This is for the win. He put it in. Hot damn, hot damn, hot damn. Oh, my goodness. At the buzzer, Blake Griffin with a three. Wow. And he walks off the court. Clippers are winners, 104 to 103. It's not Blake's fault. It's not Blake's fault. It's not on Blake. It's on all of us. Hot damn, hot damn, hot damn. I like that call. You know, that's some of the best stuff to drink if you're sitting in a cold camp Randall Stadium when your team's getting thumped is a bottle of hot damn. Hot damn? Hot damn! Hot damn! Brian Keep your inside. AM 570 yeah. with a call. Hot damn. He was jacked hot up about damn, it. damn, Blake Griffin hits a three to win the game. And the Clippers improve to 4-0. and oh. They lead the Warriors. By a game and a half in the division, I would stop and take a picture of the standings right now. It won't stay this way forever. Blake Griffin's start has been phenomenal so far. He's over 26 points a game, 10 rebounds. He is having a great start to the year, but also Patrick Beverly, second in scoring. He's scoring 15 points a game. Lou Williams, 13 off the bench. My guy. Yeah. Uh, Let's see how it's sounding with Ralph Lawler on the call. Might not be hot damn. I got a feeling might get a bingo, might get a bingo. Let's hear it. Check your seatbelts. Here we go. Griffin at distance for three and the win. Bingo! Blake Griffin knocks down a three. The Clippers escape Rose City with a win. Wow! Bingo! I told you, get a bingo from all. Oh, that was awesome from Ralph Lawler. Clippers, four and oh. Hot damn! Hot damn! I love it. Saying, that the, saying there's a different feel, a different energy about yeah. this team with no Chris Paul, that they're communicating better. They are still missing a, a guy they expected to be a playmaker who's going to miss some time here in Milos Teodosic. So they don't, they don't have him. They were comparing him in the preseason, folks, going back to the Zabruder film of Pete Maravich running around. Not much of a jump shot shown during the preseason, but they were expecting him to come into his own and be a contributor while well, they're without him for a while. So they tighten the tighten the ranks and, and look at what you're getting. Good production. Austin Rivers with 16, Beverly with 13, and playing his usual defense. And, and Blake Griffin is the leader of this team, and it's undisputed, and, and there's, there's no fighting for the basketball with CP3. And, and not to say I told you so, but I told you so. What have I said for two bleeping years? The Dina. Bla- well, the Dina, yes. But Blake Griffin, Chris Paul, one of them has to go. One of them has to go because this team is not reaching its potential. And you wanted them to trade Blake. I said one of them's got to go. I said I probably would trade Chris Paul because Paul's 32, 33. We've seen the best of Chris Paul. You hope Blake Griffin can stay healthy, but he gets hurt. But one of them has to go. If one of them went the team would be better off because Chris Paul just gums up everything. Look, yes, you want to look at his his per efficiency and, oh, Chris Paul, what do you – yeah, but you know what? Does he make his team better? Forget about, you know, going through sabermetrics and seeing the stats of what Chris Paul does. Does he make his team better? No. His teams can't get out of the playoffs. And look at the Clippers. Yes, it's four games. But what for two years I said one of those guys has to go. And now, look, suddenly the Clippers are having fun. They're running around. They weren't a team that was having fun the last couple of years. And look at them now. Patrick Beverly has come in. He's not quite 
the dynamic player that Chris Paul is, but he's given them what they need. There's more than enough talent there to soak up the points and assists that Chris Paul was giving them. And now, therefore, I said it for two years. If the Clippers listen to me for two years, I'll tell you what, if if Steve Ballmer listened to me for two years, I'd be the GM of that team right now. Wow. So I'd, have, I'd have gotten rid of Chris Paul two years ago and said, hey, now you're enjoying, hey, the top of the Western Conference. Congratulations. Bang, you're welcome. Again, it is only October 26th, so perhaps you're building the pedestal and the um, statue to yourself a little prematurely here, but certainly, hey, well, you know I got to build you, it now. I, I, well, I, I mean, you got to take it when the opportunity presents itself. There's no question about <laughs> it. But it, it was certainly as we watched the team in the early playoff exits, was the as you push forward, you're it's untenable. With, with that trio, and, and certainly you had a lot of questions and, and scuttlebutt, you know, whispers about discontent uh, and malcontentedness within that locker room. So when you start looking at it for Blake Griffin, it was, all right, you're going to love him for his 55 games a year. And Chris Paul, you love him when he's on the court without Blake Griffin for those other 27 <laughs> games at a time, right? And But you're looking at his age and you're looking at a, a lot of, uh, of other things, health with him starting to become an issue and certainly even in leaving this year, already on the shelf for a few games. So it was untenable, and, and now you get to see, uh, a, at least in late October, a relaxed and easy flow to this Clippers offense. Doc Rivers talking about it earlier uh, in the week on AM570 LA Sports, but we'll see how that translates to a full season. For now, Blake Griffin, what what are we talking about? Guys that have, but guys that are incentivized, mm-hmm. right, to go and work on their game. He didn't need to work on his game. He could have collected his check and been a guy working from eight to ten feet out, never getting the mid-range jumper, certainly free throws. He shot better from three-point range today than he did from the free throw line. But the fact that he can extend and and you know that he's competent to take this shot mm-hmm. is a much different Blake Griffin than we saw several years ago. And I, I give him all the credit in the world for at least extending and expanding his game to become a threat outside of the paint and just being a dunker. Sometimes players have too much control and have too much influence over a team. When Chris Paul has the basketball in his hands as much as he did, yeah, he's going to get just points and assists, but is that going to help the growth of the team? And it's not addition by subtraction. It's just – it's not like you're, you're, you're adding something because he's gone. But he leaves, and now everybody else is really allowed to grow and become the players. There. Look, when Blake Griffin was out of the lineup, DeAndre Jordan grew and became a better player because he was asked to do a little bit more sure, offensively. Sure, more offensively. You know, right? and, and, and that's the way it goes. Sometimes you, when you take a guy away that does so much for a team, sometimes you fall into a trap and think, we got to have this guy we got to have Chris Paul if we're going to succeed because look at what he does. He does so much. But then you realize if you take him away, wait, the other guys can kind of get it done. And you realize that the hole is greater than what you have. You lose a, they lost a superstar in Chris Paul. And now look at where they are. 4-0, they're feeling good, they're playing well. Austin Rivers is, is playing well enough at point guard, and you got Lou Williams off the bench giving you stuff. Not that this is going to suddenly be a 65-win Clipper team, but you will see them better overall and playing better and doing better things, playing better defensively, many things, because they don't have that shadow of Chris Paul and affecting so many things with the team. Uh, meanwhile, it's not just Blake Griffin who had a big night. Boogie Cousins, in his return to Sacramento, well, not an awful night. 
In the 114-106 victory over Sacramento, Boogie Cousins goes for 41 points and 23 rebounds to go along with six assists. That's 41, 23, and six for Boogie. Holiday resets front court left. Almost took the shot and said passes to Cousins. Wing right for three, and he got it. There's the first three tonight for Demarcus Cousins. Pelicans Radio Network on the call. I think Boogie Cousins is from the Dina. Really? I think he might be from the Dina. So there it is. Blake Griffin with a big three-pointer to win, and you got Boogie Cousins with a monster 41-23-6 and six night. Hey, see what you're missing, Vladdy? Go out and have some cigarettes. Yeah, you can still have me doing this for you. But no, you go with that Buddy Held guy. Yeah, he'll be great for you. He'll be awesome. What did he have tonight, 12? Yeah, yeah, that's great. That's great. Yeah, he's a superstar. Go ahead. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at first first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening.